You're listening to the Stephen or Else podcast, and this is episode number 14. Welcome to another episode of the Stephen or Else podcast, the only show with the big round belly that shakes when I laugh like a bowl full of jelly. I'm your host, Stephen, and I've got another great show for y'all this week. Can you believe that? Another great show. Are you ready? Do you have your seatbelt on? Are your tray tables up? Is there any other stupid thing I can say that means you're ready? Probably. There's probably hours worth of dumb things that I could say that ultimately mean, are you ready? But I'm not. This week, this episode, it's all about movies. I don't get to the theater that often. I mean, or really at all. Uh, Being a low-rent fanboy that I am, I tend to wait until the movie is available on DVD at my local library. And, well, this past week was quite the trifecta of geeky goodness which had come my way. I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. I watched Solo, a Star Wars story. And I watched Incredibles 2. And I want to talk about all three. I want to talk about them. I want to talk about all three right here with y'all. But before I do, how about we get some announcements out of the way. Let's get these things done. First of all, a few weeks back, a couple of episodes ago, I neglected to uh, announce that with our newest patron, We have reached our first goal of $10 a month over at the Patreon. That's pretty awesome. What does that mean? It means that I am now paying for hosting space over at Podomatic. I was doing the the free option through Podomatic, uh, which gave me about 500 megabytes of storage space. But now I'm doing the first level of paid hosting, which gives me uh, two gigabytes of storage space which is pretty awesome because right now I'm sitting at 464, I'm sorry, 476.4 megabytes. And I'm averaging about 36 megabytes per episode. Now I'm sure my hour and 20 minute episode kind of throws that off a bit. But so far I'm averaging about 36 megabytes per episode. So that means sticking with the free service, I would have been able to put out maybe one more episode before I had to start, which would have been this one. Uh, And then before I could put up another one, I'd have to delete an old episode. And I know that eventually I'm going to have to do that. I just don't want to do that right now. So right now I have two gigabytes, um, which means that, you know, if, if I can bring that average down of 36 megabytes per episode, it means more. But for now, if we're sticking with the 30 bit, 36 megabytes per episode, we're looking at about 55 episodes that I can have up before I start pulling old ones down. Now, the next plan up is about $15 per month, and that gets me an extra 500 megabytes of storage space. So there's, that's not really a goal of mine. I'm not really, you know, who cares? 500 more megabytes, not, not a big thing for me. Um, The next plan above that is uh, $25 a month, and that allows for five gigabytes of storage space. And if we're sticking with the 36 gigabytes per episode, that's about 138 episodes. But again, that's about 25 bucks a month. And I'm, I don't know if I, I don't know if I need to go anywhere further than what I'm doing right now. I mean, there's another, the, the ultimate 
package there on Podomatic is over $60 a month and it allows for unlimited storage. You know, if I am ever at the point where I have thousands of listeners, uh, then maybe that's something I can think about. Uh, but for now, I think what we have going right now is pretty darn good. And if if we never go above it and I have to start pulling old episodes down, that's fine because I will have them out on YouTube and then I'll, I'll find another place to, uh, to, to, to stick them uh, for archiving purposes, just in case anybody wants to, you know, listen to one, one of the older ones. Um, but for now, yeah, I'm going to be putting them up on YouTube. Uh, I am behind in regards to putting them up on YouTube. It takes, uh, just, just taking the audio from one of these podcasts and creating a video out of it. The computer that I have is old and slow. And so it takes a good 30 minutes just for that to happen, just for the save process to happen. And then another 30 minutes to an hour to then upload the episode onto YouTube. And when I do that, anybody who is streaming anything in the house, well, they just have to stop because it takes over. It just eats up all the bandwidth. And so I... I usually try to do it at night when I go to bed. I just haven't lately, and I need to get back to that. But hey, uh, speaking of YouTube, got some show notes. You know that? See, see, with this uh, with this podcast, I come prepared. So speaking of YouTube, if you check out the channel right now, um, again, first of all, you're not going to see every episode up there, but you will see a new video that's about a minute or so long. Uh, I recorded that on Sunday, this past Sunday, when we were in the middle of, well, they kept calling it a blizzard. Maybe other areas, I think, got more than we did. We we got a few inches of snow and visibility was pretty bad, but uh, I was working at the second job on that Sunday, and so at one point I went out to the car and uh, recorded an episode for the Patreons, an episode of my other podcast, because I didn't have anything to put up on Monday. And Monday is when I put up one of the episodes. So I did a quick video after I did some recording uh, for the episode, just of me in the car, leaving the car and walking back toward work, just to, just to show everybody what it was like outside, what I was, what I was sitting amongst as I was recording. And you know what? Uh, I didn't edit it in any way. There's no titles. There's no music. There's no credits. I didn't add anything to it. It's just I hit record. I stopped recording. I put it up on YouTube. And I kind of would like to do more videos, but I don't have time for that. I don't have time to be doing videos. But if I could do more stuff like that, that's just something quick that doesn't require any editing at all then uh, that's, that might be something I'll think about doing. But, you know, the I, so basically what I'd have to figure out is how to do short videos that uh, I don't need to edit, but are still something that people would like to watch, something that's still interesting. Uh, so if you have any ideas, uh, yeah, throw them my way because I would, I would love to be able to throw a video up now and again. Maybe not with me. Uh, I'm not the most photogenic person in the world, but, uh, my voice is quite nice. Okay. So that's our, uh, that is our announcements for the episode. So how about we talk some movies, but before we do that, let's play a little music.
I'm not saddened to describe you never mattered to me much. You were the beautiful ones on the schoolyard who were quick with a punch, who were fast to point a flincher out, but ridicule and derision, who could operate athletic equipment with all precision, who held no superstition about doing unto others, therefore I just avoided you. Jackets in school colors weren't difficult to spot you in, don't associate, solved. In fact, in retrospect, you barely bothered me at all, so I beg you no ill will, our eternal rivalry notwithstanding. Okay, so as I said there at the beginning, I, I watched three movies over the last week. Four, really. There might be a bonus talk here at the end uh, if I don't run out of time because I do want to keep these under an hour. And I think what I'll do here is I'll just talk about them, uh, starting with the movie I watched last because that one is the freshest in my head. Now, I have not made any show notes about these, episodes, about these movies. I'm just going to talk about them off the top of my head. Uh, but the last movie we I watched, which was not last night, but the night before. Not that you, <laughs> any of that matters to you, because you don't know when I'm recording this. But the last movie that I watched was Incredibles 2, and the, the entire family sat down to watch it. Even Simon, which was pretty awesome, because... When the first Incredibles came out, he was really into it as a kid. So he doesn't sit down and watch movies anymore. Uh, he prefers to just watch YouTube. And if it's something that's longer than 10 or 15 minutes, he's not interested. Uh, unless it's Star Wars. He he got on to me the other night because I was watching uh, Solo, which we'll talk about. Uh, he got on to me because I was watching it and I didn't tell him. Uh, so maybe at some point I'll have to watch it with him later, but he actually sat down with the rest of us and we all watched Incredibles 2 and it was, it was really good. We all really enjoyed it. Um, before I really talk about the good stuff, let me just talk about the bad real quick. And they're really hard. There wasn't really any bad. The only bad, and I should, I should preface all three of these movies by saying that there will be spoilers. Um, I'm not going to try to I'm not going to try to allude to anything. If you haven't seen any of these movies, then uh you may want to uh stop what you're doing. Uh stop, collaborate and listen uh or uh stop in the name of love or stop hammer time. Whatever you want to do, but what I'll try to do here is I'm going to try to uh I'll try to include in the show notes timestamps so, if, for example, you've seen Solo and you've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, but you haven't seen Incredibles 2, you'll know how far I had to skip. Because, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do spoilers. I'm just going to. And, you know, the bad that I'm going to talk about is, is a pretty major spoiler. So, right away in the movie, we are introduced to um, two characters. And you know what? I don't remember their names. It doesn't matter, honestly, in the grand scheme of things. But they're a brother and a sister, and uh, they are very, very wealthy. They they own a very large corporation that was passed down to them by their father. Their father was a huge fan of the superheroes. And if you remember, if you've seen Incredibles, the first Incredibles, if you remember, the whole point of the movie was that being a superhero uh, was made illegal. And... Um, yeah, you couldn't you just you just couldn't put on a costume and go out and fight crime. You just couldn't do that anymore. And this the 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 brother of of the two, he contacts Frozone 
at the beginning because the way Incredibles 1 ends, it's, you know, with the Underminer coming up, which was very funny uh, because everybody compared the Incredibles to Fantastic Four. And one of the uh, big villains from the Fantastic Four was, of course, the Mole Man. So they brought in the Underminer at the end. And so we start off with Incredibles 2 with them doing battle with the Underminer. And they uh, fail miserably. They don't catch him. He uh, he burrows into a bank, steals all the money. Not only do they not catch him or stop him, he gets away with the money, and there's all kinds of damage done to the city. And that pretty much proves everybody's point is in regard to why they got rid of superheroes. And, it, and at one point, the police are really giving... Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl, quite the dressing down, which was, you know, we have systems systems in place for this. We have procedures. Had you just left it all alone, we could have been fine. The money is insured. You know, all you've really done is just cause the taxpayers much more money with all this damage. And Frozone is there to help. Uh, but Frozone manages to, he manages to slip away before the cops come. And, uh, the brother of this brother and sister team uh, meets with Frozone. Um, Frozone then meets with uh, in, uh, Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl. Basically, this guy wants to bring superheroes back. He wants to make it legal for superheroes. He wants to change the laws. And he's going to use all the power he has um, along with lobbying and blah, 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 and all this stuff to try to, to uh, change this law. But in order to do that, he wants to be able to show the people really what the supers do. And he wants to show them stuff, you know, when when the people see for he used, for example, this thing with with the underminer, all that the people that, that the people of the country saw, which was what was on the news, which was what the government wanted them to see, which was all the damage they caused. They didn't see uh, everything that led up to that point. So he wants to put a camera on them and show the American public what happens uh, from the super's point of view. But he doesn't want Mr. Incredible. He wants Elastigirl because she will cause less damage and she'll be more of an easy sell to the, to the public. Uh, so that means that in, uh, Mr. Incredible, he has to stay home and take care of the children, which is which is funny in and of itself. So there's 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 that backstory there with uh, Mr. Incredible trying to learn how to uh, take care of the kids. Um. So okay, so we're getting to the bad part. The the, the only part about the movie that I that I kind of was like ah eh, about, and that's so you meet this guy and his sister, and they send uh, Elastigirl out on missions, and right away you're like I don't trust either of these two at all. And at one point in the movie, I look over at my wife because she ends up going up against this guy called the um, the screen saver. No, the screen slaver. That was his name. And he could take over screens and hypnotize people and make them do what he wanted them to do. And right away, you start thinking, well, that's got to be it's got to be these two, this brother and sister that's doing that. And I, I look over at Karen at one point and I said, you know, I really hope they're not doing what they did in the last movie, which was introduce a char these characters uh, that get um, 
you know, the Incredibles to start fighting crime again. And in the end, they're the bad guys. Because that's exactly what Syndrome was. He hired Mr. Incredible and then you find out he's the bad guy. And I didn't want that to happen in this one. And it did, but not quite. It was only the sister that was the bad guy. The brother had no idea what was going on. Um, and it, and it all stemmed because of what happened to their father. So their father was a huge fan of supers. He was also rich and he had made friends with some of the supers and he had actually, um, put direct phone lines, two different phone lines in, in his house that dialed directly to two of the superheroes, gazer beam. And I, I don't remember what the other guy's name was. So then it became illegal for the superheroes to go out and do their thing. And somebody broke into the old man's house and his wife, their mom wanted to go into the safe room, but he tried, he delayed and tried contacting both of these two superheroes, not thinking that, you know, with the law being as it is now, neither of them were going to answer. And by the time he realizes that neither of them are going to answer, the people who break in, come into the room, see him on the phone think that he's calling the police and shoot them both dead. And the, the, the brother has a much different reaction to that over the sister. And for the brother, it drives him to want to bring supers back. And for the sister, it drives her to want to bury the supers as deep as they can go. And so that was what the movie, it was, it was really good. It introduced a whole slew of new supers. There was a one was a, a a girl and her name they her super name was Void and she was like a real fan fan girl uh, when it came to Elastigirl she was she was really you know like she just fangirled out when she met Elastigirl but her powers were really cool she could open up these little portals these little teleportation portals and you know if you if you jumped into one and then you'd come out somewhere else from another one and they 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 did an awesome job with her powers. Her her powers were just really spectacular to see. They had this owl dude. I don't remember his name. He could fly. Uh, they had a guy named, I think his name was Crusher. He had a big K on his shirt and he could, he could crush things with his mind. He'd like move his fingers together and, you know, something in front of him, steel or, or whatever, would just start to crush. And there was actually a really funny moment where, um, because a lot of these supers have been, were taken over by uh, the sister, as um as screen slaver and they are there there's a point where um Mr. Incredible is running through this hallway on this ship and he's trying to get to the engine room and the crusher dude comes in and he's like crushing all the pipes in the walls to uh to 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 close off the hallway so he can't get to the engine room and then uh Mr. Incredible gets him out from under her spell and he's like okay so I need to get to the engine room can you uncrush uh, the, the hallway here. And the guy is like really confused. He's like, uncrush. Why my power is to crush. Why would I uncrush? Has anybody a ever asked you to unpunch somebody? That was really funny. Um, there was a great big, strong woman named brick who, who, uh, was much bigger than Mr. Incredible and seemed to be more powerful. There was an old guy. I think his name was acid reflux, something like that. And he was like this old fat dude and he would build up like this acid in his stomach and he would spit out molten lava. It was really awesome. Uh, there was an electrical dude. Um, I don't remember if there were any more. There were other supers there because they were they were signing this agreement to make it legal again in all across the world. So there were all these ambassadors 
from all these different countries and then their supers were there. It was just a really, really good movie. It was really good. Other than the one part that I thought was, like I said, with the sister being the bad guy, I felt that that was fairly obvious. I thought it was both of them, but it ended up being just the one. So it wasn't as obvious as I thought it was. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really, really, really good movie. It was uh, every, all of us, all of us enjoyed it. Very fun. So go out and see it if you haven't. It's infeasible that these are full list of ailments Should do anything but the crew I'm a fail ten times out of ten To age in reverse like Mork Is there anything sadder than a dork For whom the new hotness is not just inaccessible It's grumbled against You kids reduce your decibels Don't make me come over there and shake my cane It's that rapper from the double ARB and he insane This old man, he rhymed once He put out some valiant fronts With a wick-wack bitter lack of youthfulness and charm I watched just before that was Solo, a Star Wars story, and I went into it with a bit of trepidation because uh, the way I understand it, it didn't do well at the box office. Everybody hated it. Disney suddenly halted all their plans to do these outside the trilogy Star Wars movies, and we're not going to see an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie or a a Boba Fett movie because of Solo, and you know what? I uh, I I really enjoyed it. I don't care what anybody says. I think it really did a good job of portraying who Han Solo was before the first movie or Episode Four, as it is. I thought they did a really good job, kind of setting him up to become uh, Han Solo from Episode Four. It was a very entertaining movie. And, and you know what? I don't give a crap what anybody says, honestly. That's all I ask for in a Star Wars movie, is to be entertained. And if I'm entertained, then it has, it is, it has succeeded in its mission. And so far, I'm not talking about the prequels here. I did enjoy some of the, a couple of the prequels. But so far, every one of the new Star Wars movies that they've put out have entertained me. I have not disliked any of them even The Last Jedi. And I will stand up and defend Solo. Um, I'm not sure what people are saying. I, you know, I don't look at that stuff online to, to see why people don't like a movie. I ended up doing that for The Last Jedi because I couldn't figure out why nobody liked The Last Jedi. And I looked it up and I thought, I saw all the reasons and I went, you know what? Whatever. I don't, I don't give a crap. It, I, I enjoyed it. And if you didn't like it, you know... More power to you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight with anybody. I'm not trying to offend anybody who who would argue against not liking either of these movies. I enjoyed it. Solo, I thought was a really good movie. Uh, and it, again, it did what it was supposed to do. It entertained me, and I was engaged, and I did not at any point become bored. Uh, I don't really want to talk about what the movie was about. Right? 
I don't want to go through the whole movie like I did sort of with um, Incredibles 2. Um, we see when Han Solo meets Chewbacca and how Chewbacca ends up with Han Solo. We see uh, how Han Solo meets um, Lando, uh, how he ends up getting the Millennium Falcon from Lando, and ultimately how he ends up going to work for Jabba the Hutt. All that comes from this movie. Um, they didn't need to do any of that, frankly. They didn't need to do any of that. I mean, it. it well, they did need to show him uh, with Chewie, and they did need to show him with the Millennium Falcon. But they didn't... Beyond that, that's all I guess we really needed. And uh, it really does a good job of portraying him as someone who wants to be the scoundrel, who wants to be the bad guy, and but is ultimately the good guy. There was a really good moment in the movie where he shoots first, uh, which, you know what, speaks volumes about who Han Solo is. George Lucas took that away from us in the special edition of episode four. Han Solo did not shoot Greedo first, even though uh, he really did. Um, and again, that's that's who Han Solo is. And they had him in Solo shoot first. I don't remember what the circumstances were now that I think about it, but it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Um, I like the dude that played Han Solo. Is he a young Harrison Ford? No, but who is other than a young Harrison Ford? But I think he performed admirably in the, in the role. And I thought he was really good. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to say about it. I thought, uh, Woody Harrelson, I really enjoyed his character. The, uh, man, what was the name of the droid that hung out with, uh, Lando? That droid, she was, she was probably one of my, is she, she was awesome. That was a great freaking character, that droid. Um, and, uh, Danny Glover as Lando. I thought he did a great job as Lando. Uh, he was very believable as a young Lando Calrissian. He too was a cheat and a swindler. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about Han Solo. It, I really enjoyed Solo, a Star Wars story, and I don't care what anybody else has to say about it. I hate your blog. It's incredibly terrible and bad. I hate your blog. It's incredibly terrible. about it i get to read it plus five paragraphs on the socks you bought and your thoughts on whether nick or richie's hot or not you got no reason to be typing yet you persist hit each key with your fist till you punch out your top 10 list of all the things that ever happened in your life number one met michael jackson second wife number two got curly on the witch stooge are you cold as the gift proves click for the link through three saw puppy pictures on a web page kittens in a nest egg the up your own so you bought the account and yet i hope you don't put the payments in on it every month like they want because then you'll disappear off the internet haunt just the way back machine like a ghost and i won't be like how come you don't post i promise i won't i hate your okay so um before i watched either of those two movies i watched ant-man and the wasp and uh yeah, I really freaking enjoyed that one too. Uh, did I like it better than the first one? I don't know. Um, 
I'm not really good at stuff like that. Uh, did I enjoy it at least as much as the first one? Yes. Yes, I did. I was rather confused at the first, at the beginning of the movie. Um, and again, spoilers, but you know, he was, he was in a Captain America civil war and he went to jail at the end of that. And this one opens up with him at home with his daughter and he's built this elaborate maze adventure set type thing out of cardboard all throughout his house. And him and his daughter are going on this little adventure on this thing. And I thought, wow, he's really going all out to uh, impress his daughter. And I almost thought it was a little over the top. But then you learn quickly that he is under he's under house arrest. I, You know, it's like when the movie started, I completely forgot uh, everything that happened. I, You know, I forgot that Civil War happened. I forgot that he was in jail. Uh, just forgot all that. And then you learn at the end, you know, at the end of the intro that, yeah, he's under house arrest. So it makes sense that he would go to that level to, uh, build something in his house because, you know, he has nothing else to do. And, uh, he has started a company. What is his Scott Lang? That's the Ant-Man. He has started a company with his, his friend who's man, you know what? I'm not really good with names. Uh, but it's a security company and they're all, ex, you know, it's like they're all ex-cons and I don't remember, I don't remember the name of the company either. <laughs> this is probably why I need to do some type of preparation. Uh, but yeah, he, um, he is on the outs with, um, Hank Pym and Hank's daughter. He's on the outs because basically he was supposed to, apparently he, so he was supposed to give the Ant-Man suit back and he didn't. And instead he goes to Germany to be in civil war. And, uh, he doesn't say anything to Hank Pym or, um, why can't I think of her name? Anyway, the whole movie is, is, is ultimately about, um, Hank realizes that because, in the first movie, Scott was able to go down into the quantum realm and come back that maybe they can, they can go in there and save, um, his wife, Janet, who was trapped in the quantum quantum realm. And they, they show us at the very beginning how that happened. A very good little scene with the original Ant-Man on the wasp, uh, trying to take down a, a, I think it was a nuclear missile and, and they, they can't get into, they have to, shrink down, of course, to get into the missile to take it down and they can't shrink down. Uh, they can't, they still can't get in and she goes into the quantum realm and then is, takes out the missile, but is trapped there seemingly forever. And so, uh, Hank Pym and his daughter, they are in hiding because of the whole Sokovia Accords and all that. Um, Scott, of course, is under house arrest and they end up getting Scott so that he can help them go into the quantum realm to find uh, Janet. And in the meantime, there's a bad guy. Her name, I think they just called her the ghost. And she uh, was the daughter of a scientist that worked with Hank Pym. Hank Pym did not think he was talented enough and so fired him. And so the guy went to work on the quantum stuff himself and failed and through an accident she is constantly uh popping in and out of quantum phase i think they called it 
And she ends up hooked up with Bill Foster, who was Goliath at one point. He was the guy that they that Clore killed in the Civil War comic. And he's played by um, Lawrence Fishburne. He was pretty awesome, uh, though he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't become the Goliath at any point in the movie. But yeah, the the whole point of the movie was trying to get Janet back uh, while Ghost was trying to use this device that Hank had created to go into the quantum realm. Her and Bill were going to use that device to, I guess, seep, sap some of the quantum energy through this. I think they called it the quantum tunnel through this, through Janet to then cure uh, her, the ghost. Um, but there's only a certain, they, they have only a certain amount of time for Hank to get into the quantum realm to find Janet and bring her back. And in the, and it, it was this whole thing. It was just, it was really good. If you enjoyed the first one, you haven't seen the second one, you will most certainly enjoy the second one. If not as much, then more. Um the Stan Lee cameo in that one, I'm trying to remember exactly how it went. It might be my favorite Stan Lee cameo so far. I really need to sit down and watch one of those videos that have all the Stan Lee cameos in it up to this point. But this one, they were there was a, a car chase through the city and they were uh Hank's daughter. Why well, can't I remember her name? She uh she has her own costume, she's the wasp. And she can she fires the little things that uh, will attach to something and make it shrink or grow. And Stan is standing outside a car. I think he's trying. He's getting ready to unlock his car, and one of these things gets on the car, and the car shrinks down. And so for for the the guy that Stan Lee's playing, as far as he can see, the the car just disappears right in front of his eyes. And he says something to the effect of, "Yeah, I did have a lot of fun in the '60s, but now I'm starting to pay for it." And it was really funny. I don't remember the exact line, but it might be one of my favorite Stanley moments in all of the films. And I understand that we have more. It's going to be weird living in a world with no Stanley cameos. It's already weird living in a world without Stanley, but knowing that eventually those cameos will stop, you know, that's that's kind of weird. But yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp, it was it was really it was a really good movie. Um all three of the movies I really enjoyed. Um you know, and frankly, you know, I'll be honest with you. You all know this. If I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, I enjoyed it. I'm I'm very rarely I'm not the type of person that will spend his time bad-mouthing something. Um So, if I'm going to talk about it, there's a good chance I enjoyed it. Now I did like I said there I might have a bonus movie to talk about and I think I've I've squeezed in enough time here that I can talk about it real quick. But uh I watched uh Spider-Man 3 uh this week. The uh Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3 with um Sandman and Venom and whatever the heck Harry Osborn was supposed to be. And yeah, it's got its really bad moments. It's probably got more bad moments than good moments. But you know what? I enjoyed it. I still, I don't remember liking it the first time I watched it. So I don't know why I, I thought, you know, here's a movie you didn't like the first time you watched it. How about you watch it again? But, you know, I wanted to give it another chance. And there are certain scenes that I don't like. I don't like the the scene with uh, Mary Jane and Harry doing the twist in Harry's kitchen while they're making eggs. That, that seemed weird. Um, 
James Franco, uh, he does a really good job of looking like a clueless buffoon when he's just smiling. There's just something about his face that, and it works in Pineapple Express. But in in the movie, so he, of course, he knows that Peter is Spider-Man and he thinks Spider-Man killed his father. So he's now gone through the same transformation that his father has and he now has the powers of the Green Goblin. And rather than dress up like the Green Goblin, he creates his own suit. Rather than use the same glider that the Green Goblin used, he creates his own, which is more of a, a snowboard or a skateboard or a surfboard. Uh, and he goes after Peter at the beginning and they fight and Peter wins and Harry is knocked out. He gets a concussion. And when he wakes up, he forgets everything. He know he remembers that his father died. He doesn't remember how his father died. So he no longer blames Pete. And up until the point that it all comes back to him, he spends most of the time with this clueless buffoonery smile on his face. And it's there in full during that scene when they are doing the twist in the kitchen making eggs. Um, and I don't know if that, I don't think that's the point. I don't think they were going for Hey, James, I want you to portray Harry during this part as a clueless buffoon. But that's, <laughs> he looks like a clueless idiot when he smiles. He's just like, I don't know what's going on, but darn it, I can't help but smile. That's what he looks like every time he smiles. And again, it works in Pineapple Express. Uh, but in, no, in those scenes, clueless idiot, that's what he looked like. Uh, I didn't care too much for Peter suddenly becoming, uh, Mr. Emo. I don't understand why he had to comb his hair a different way and why he thought it looked good. Uh, I did enjoy the scene of him walking down the street, giving all the girls the finger guns. Uh, that just cracked me up for some reason. And him going into the clothing store and buying the suit and coming out and doing the little dance in the doorway. That made me laugh, too. I thought that was really funny. Uh, I thought Venom looked horrible. I thought Sandman looked awesome. It didn't quite hold up technology-wise, but Thomas Hayden Church uh, was an awesome Sandman. And if they bring the Sandman into the new Tom Holland movies, I really do think Thomas Hayden Church should play him. Of course, he's getting... I don't know how old the man is, but you know what? If Michael Keaton can play the Vulture... Of course, the Vulture is an old dude. I don't know. But Thomas Hayden Church was a really great Sandman. And I did remember really enjoying those Sandman bits back in the day. And I enjoyed them just as much. Now, I didn't really, the end, the whole end, when he spends all of his time as a giant Sandman. And he's like, that was kind of lame. But, uh, and then, of course, there's the scene where Harry, um, he wants to kill Spider-Man again. He remembers that Spider-Man, quote unquote, killed his father. But his butler comes up to him and tells him, you know, gives him a bit of advice that makes Harry change his mind. I don't know who the guy was that played his butler. I'm assuming he's a, a friend of the director or something because he wasn't. He didn't seem like to, like he knew how to act. Um, but that scene felt a little awkward. Uh, but I think in the end, uh, it was a fairly somewhat satisfying movie. And uh, I, I really look forward to having... Palin watch all three of those Spider-Man movies because she does she does like Spider-Man and um, she needs to see those three movies. She actually so one of the books that we got during the last Nerd Quest was uh, 
Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 1 by Bendis and Bagley. And she just recently started reading it. And at one point, because really the only, she hasn't, she really likes Spider-Man. And we saw Spider-Man Homecoming, which didn't deal with his origin. And that's, that's it. That's all she's seen. She's seen a few cartoons, but that's about it. And so at one point she comes out of her room and she goes, they killed Uncle Ben. <laughs> I said, well, of course they did. That's the whole point of his origin. That's why he becomes Spider-Man. And you didn't know that? And, and I started to think back about what she's seen. And no, of course she didn't know that. They didn't talk about it really. I mean, they may have mentioned it in Homecoming, but, you know, Homecoming was the movie that they did where instead of just, okay, we're going to make now a third set of Spider-Man movies, uh, we're going to do his origin all over again. They went into it just assuming that everybody knew Spider-Man's origin. Well, Palin didn't. And so she was quite shocked that they killed Uncle Ben. And then I told her the story about Gwen Stacy. And uh, that kind of shocked her too. But she likes Mary Jane, so she wasn't too upset about it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my four movies. This was your big movie extravaganza episode. So let's listen to another song, and, and then we'll uh, close out the episode, and I'll send you on your way. I keep having the same nightmare over and over again. Just the phone won't stop ringing. And it's people who want me to front for them and bust rhymes. MC front a lot is not installed, so don't call 800 front for all. I'm off the ball of wax to rock the rough track. Some tax is all up in the mix of a lot. You know, I hacks are beat together like a slash to rampage. MC front a lot inundated by the rhythm arrays. Some days I brag, some days I boast. 24 7 I front the most. This poor fellow, fellow isn't sharp. Let's see what. Thank you for listening to the Stephen or Else podcast. I, you know what? I would love to know what you think. You know how much, I, I don't really get a lot of feedback uh, on these episodes. Not at all. Um, maybe the occasional retweet. Thank you, Ed. Uh, and the occasional comment on Twitter. Thank you, John. Um, but that's about it. So let me know what you think. I'm assuming if you're listening by this point, you're enjoying or at least liking, you're sticking around. But let me know. You can email your questions and comments to stephenorelse at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment to the episode over on the site. That's stephenorelse.com. Uh, I would really enjoy it if you went to iTunes and left me a review. Um, throw some stars up there. Just say something. That would be That would be awesome. You know what? You don't have to. I'm not telling you, you know what? I'm going to be really, I'm going to stop doing this podcast if y'all don't. You know, do what you're going to do. But I do have one uh, review up there right now, and it's it's only a line, but it's not bad. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're feeling generous, go on over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you feel inclined to throw a little support my way, you can do that in two different ways. Become my patron over at Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you not only get the warm and fuzzy feeling that you're helping me provide for my family, you also get instant access to the to my other podcast, which is called My Other Podcast. And it releases twice a week, and it's exclusive to patrons only. You can check that out over, over at uh, patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr. 
If you're not into the commitment of a monthly payment thing, you can throw me a one-time payment for as little as $3 over at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash Stephen R. Orr. The theme song for this episode is Expendable by Trinity X. Find it and more songs from the band at atomiczombierecords.bandcamp.com. The rest of the music in this episode comes from MC Frontalot. You can find him online at frontalot.com and frontalot.bandcamp.com. And of course, all of that will be in the show notes. The show notes, they're going to be on that big old show notes. They are going to be in the show notes. I don't do a lot of editing. I ain't got time for that. So that's the show, folks. Thank you for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of everything. And uh, that's all I got. So this was the Stephen Arnold's podcast. I'm me. You're you. Have a good week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.